Wine and Crime contains graphic and explicit content that may not be suitable for some listeners. Listener discretion is advised. To Wine and Crime, the podcast where three friends chug wine, chat true crime, and unleash their worst Minnesotan accents. Oh, the for sure. Part. Yeah, and mm-hmm. and I do mean chug wine. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it yeah. is early in the day, and I am doing us proud. Mm. <laughs> I'm doing oh work. Oh my god. <laughs> Mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure our weekend of Halloween festivities gave me pneumonia. <laughs> oh, I'm gonna no. dry. So out. I'm not chugging. Wine. I need to dry I'll out. I'll make up for you. I'm today, sipping it. But today's the last. I'm sipping day. it. I'll make up for you both. <laughs> and it's only 9 p.m. my time instead of like 1 a.m. So Woo-hoo. I'm doing so great. Early. <laughs> Well, what are we talking about today? Yeah, so uh, this week we uh, let the wine title kind of inspire our topic. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. So we are going to be chatting casino crimes. Mm. Oh, yeah. Um, Also, chose this topic before the Las Vegas shooting, so Mm -hmm. there's that. We're not going to cover that. We're not covering that. And everybody knows how we feel about that. Amanda was Lone wolves are fucking white male terrorists, and gun control laws in this country are absolute fucking garbage. Any questions? (laughs) Consider it covered. It's been Mm -hmm. addressed, and that's all we're going to say about that. (laughs) So, um, Amanda, what is our wine crime pairing for casino crimes? Yes. Yes. Okay. We have paired Ace in the Hole Red Blend from Wink Wine Club mm-hmm. with Casino Crimes. In the Hole. The, the wine that inspired the crime. Mm-hmm. Um, if you peeked at the website or social media and saw this selection ahead of time and put it in your basket, you're probably good to go and ready to drink with us right now. And... If you peeked ahead of time, you probably also put the three other selections we listed in your basket, which means that Wink took care of the shipping and your wine arrived right to your doorstep without you having to pay for shipping, which is pretty tight. If you feel left out of this amazing setup, you need to head to trywink.com forward slash gals. That's T-R-Y-W-I-N-C dot com forward slash gals for 20 bucks off your first order and start living like the royalty that you are (laughs) with wine being delivered to your home. And it is actually the greatest thing ever and they have so much to choose from and it's a great service and we are loving it. So I recently discovered, so you have to have someone who's at least 21 to sign for it. Okay, but mine was just inside my door. I don't know if maybe my neighbor signed for it. Maybe. Must have been. But uh, you can also change your shipping address in on your Wink profile to like a nearby mm-hmm. FedEx like shipping center location. and they'll sign it for you assuming they're 21. But that's mm-hmm. what I do and it's very convenient. Yeah, the Walgreens by my house 
now knows me by name. <laughs> Great. Mm-hmm. And even though I'm not in the States to be drinking these wines with you guys, I'm still mm-hmm. ordering my Wink wines. So when I eventually do move back to the motherland. You'll have a cellar. I'm going to have a fucking wine collection. <laughs> You're going to have be, a wink be awesome. wine collection. Oh. <laughs> uh, yeah. So party mm-hmm. at Kenyon's. I'm so excited. I'm so excited. That collection won't last long. No. I'm going to rate it before you come home. <laughs> no. Accurate. <laughs> Ace in the Hole is a red blend from the Paso Robles region of California. So we are still focusing on a lot of California-based wines right now. Mm-hmm. This blend clocks in at 13.5 ABV, which is like that perfect sweet spot. It's a jammy, jammy son of a bitch. <laughs> You're going to get notes of blackberry and a jammed. little bit of mint. You're done been you, jammed. You just got jammed. <laughs> you just got jammed. Um, you'll get notes of blackberry and mint from this bottle, which is a hint of anise slash anus. <laughs> My favorite. And fun fact about this bottle and something we haven't talked about a lot, um, it's fermented in stainless steel barrels Mm. um, as opposed to oak barrels or cement barrels. Um, This results in what winemakers refer to as a, quote, neutral fermentation, which basically means that the flavor profile is unaffected by its surroundings. So there's not going to be a much change... Right, there won't there won't be any oakiness. Like if you're looking for an unoaked Chardonnay, which is what I prefer, you're gonna want a Chardonnay that's fermented in stainless steel. That's really just what that means. Um, this also just lets a very true flavor come from the grape itself. It's the natural flavors from its fermentation are gonna be all that contribute to the flavor profile of this wine, and not you know the type of wood barrel that it's being aged in. Um, it also gives winemakers a little bit more control because then they can add desired flavors if they like, and that won't, again, none of those added flavors will be changed by their surroundings either. So they can kind of tweak a little bit more finely how they want their wine to, to taste, which is pretty cool. Um, stainless fermentation typically yields a crisper and more pure flavor to the wine, which is especially desirable in white wines like mm-hmm. Sauve Blanc. Mm. It's going to be very... It's not true to style to find a wine like Sauve Blanc aged in oak. That just doesn't make any sense. Mm. Um, but I love reds that are aged in stainless just because I prefer unoaked reds and whites, and I like a little bit more of that fruit to come forward. So this should be really awesome. We're going to pop her open oh. and uh, find out what's up, mm-hmm. and I'm not going to chug it because I'll die. <laughs> Fair. Woo! Oh, nice one. Oh, so <laughs> nice. Nice pat. All okay. right. Okay. Lucy, All take right. it away. What is our background in psych for casino crimes? Uh, no psych other than just greed. Just It's just greed. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. So I kind of went into the laws surrounding gambling because they're very different in, like, state to state. So yep. um, crimes... Related to casinos definitely depend on where you are and what type of casino you're in. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. So I'll cover more of that later. But basically gambling is in the U.S. is restricted but insanely profitable. There's so much money in gambling, Mm -hmm. obviously, Mm -hmm. but like a lot more than you can even wrap your head around. 
Are you going to get into the whole riverboat thing? Because I straight up don't get that. Yeah, a little bit. Um, Okay. I also know that we were not going to further discuss the Las Vegas uh, shooting, but because it's kind of fresh (laughs) in my mind, um, having, you know, been there there when it happened. That fucking freaks me out so bad. Yeah, it was pretty much like the worst night of my life to start the most amazing vacation of my life. So that was a really interesting emotion. (laughs) But uh, (coughs) something really fascinating that happened, or I guess that is happening, is MGM, which owns, like, all the big casinos, including, and hotels, including the Bellagio, where I was staying, and I think Mandalay Bay. I think that's an MGM casino. Um, They, because the Strip got shut down, and that meant everything was on lockdown, all of the casinos were closed. Yeah. Which, two fun facts. One, I don't know if this applies everywhere, but if you're staff at a casino in Las Vegas... Regardless of people running through your casino screaming that there's an active shooter, yeah. you have to stay by the money. Yeah. And you can't move. That's, it's so yeah. sad. It was horrifying to just see them standing there. And then after we were cleared to leave the bathroom we were hiding in, seeing them just locking up all the money and going through all that procedure to shut down the, the casino. But they lost like hundreds of millions of dollars collectively MGM alone from being closed for like six mm-hmm. hours yeah. of casino time. And I know that there are legal teams that are mobilizing to file some sort of civil suit against like the guns dealers or whatever that provided those weapons yeah. because of all the lost revenue, which is insane to think because these are open 24 hours a day. So it's like, yeah, there's literally millions of dollars an hour coming mm-hmm. in to these casinos it's insane yeah yeah Yeah. so in but they don't fuck around with their money no they do not oh no No. you there are some rules and laws around casinos that i'll tell you about in a little bit they're they're crazy they're crazy Mm -hmm. um so on that note in 2008 the gross revenue which would be the difference between the total amount wagered and the total winnings so the casino's yep. revenue in the U.S. was over $92 billion. I oh totally believe God. it. Yep. And um, it's so easy to spend money in oh a casino. God. I like, am I, so not I loved it a gambler so at all. Like, I'll buy it an girl. occasional lottery ticket, but I've maybe gambled in a casino $20 in my whole life combined. Mm. It makes I me too never, nervous. It's not worth it. I hate I it. I never I hate it. liked gambling until I went to Vegas. And then I was like, this is the best. <laughs> I don't. Uh, I don't. Oh, my God. I it was so much fun. I can never all. go back because I wanted to spend all of my money. I wanted to play games constantly. Video roulette will be the death of me. Thank God it doesn't. It's not allowed in Minnesota <laughs> because I would be oh, no. the lady on her rascal scooter with a cigarette hanging out of her mouth playing video. <laughs> Roulette You're 24 hours I can day. see it. I can <laughs> yes. see it so, so clearly. You're already oh, no. that person, minus the rascal. <laughs> and <laughs> I fucked up my foot in Vegas on that first night running for cover. Jesus. And it was so swollen the next couple days that I very nearly did rent a <laughs> rascal scooter. In fact, I asked the front desk, and it was too expensive for me to justify, so I didn't do it. Oh, it would have dipped too much into your nickel money. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I needed to. I needed to keep that gambling oh money. 
strong. Uh, I don't like it at all. The only gambling I'll ever do is like twice a year, I'll spend like $5 on like a Powerball ticket Mm-mm. to win $300 million. That is the no, ratio gonna, that I'm willing to go. I only like... When we're super famous, we'll do a live show in Vegas and I will introduce you to Video Roulette and all of our business money will be gone <laughs> and it will be amazing. Wait, Amanda is literally the person who handles our finances and I'm not sweating. <laughs> I'm fine. Nope. <laughs> All right. Don't I only worry. like the scratch Moving tickets. Don't tell where Kenyon. <laughs> don't tell Kenyon. <laughs> I only like the uh, scratch tickets, like the state lotto scratch tickets where you have like oh, an aim. Oh, like the crossword The crossword. One? Yes. The crossword ones are the one. only ones that I like to do because mm-hmm. I feel like I'm spending $3 for it's the experience. And if I win something, it's yeah. just an mm-hmm. added bonus. That's what's fun about video roulette is like oh you feel it's interactive. It's not just a slot. <laughs> She's selling oh us on video roulette. I fucking because love it. Because the machines it. are magic, and when you find a machine that you communicate with, oh mm-hmm. I just I just get high from it. <laughs> I, I just tingle all through did. my body. It's like ASMR. Whatever. Me and like the <laughs> 750 bucks I won off a of video roulette will just hang out over here while you <laughs> bitches play your scratch games. I won a hundred dollars on a scratch ticket. Okay, uh, I'm gonna keep you. going with the rules. <laughs> I'm, oh yeah, I'm we, down we're doing an episode. Twenty bucks. I'm literally in the middle of a sentence in my notes, and I'm one and a half sentences in. <laughs> Sorry, I'll stop talking about Vegas, but I just love that town so much. It was I hate so fun. Las Vegas. Okay. So of that $92 billion revenue, the biggest chunk of that um, is legal bookmaking. So like bookies. Mm-hmm. And mm. bookies and gambling and all this stuff with like the flow of money, it really, in my mind, it makes as much sense as the stock market. I don't fucking get it. I understand that it's a thing. Magic math. But magic math. Okay. I do, mm. I can tell you that even though the legal bookmaking is the largest chunk of this $92 billion, it's only legal in four states, which are yeah. Nevada, really? Oregon, Delaware, and Montana. So I think that's really interesting. It mm. makes so much fucking money, and it's only legal in four states. Wow. Interesting. Um, in, I don't get it at all. I don't either. In 2016, gaming taxes garnered $8.85 billion in state and local tax, according to the American Gaming mm. Association. So it's good for the economy, that's, I guess. Oh, that's sure. why most states have state lottery. It's just it's just yep. straight revenue for them. Yeah. I mean, for yeah. the most part. Uh, they, yeah. The uh, Gaming Association estimates that quote, gaming, is a $240 billion industry employing 1.7 million people in 40 states. So that's, like, big time. That also includes, like, quote, gaming. That includes, again, every dollar scratch ticket you buy at Uh a gas station. That's included in that umbrella. So, like, this is huge. Pull tabs. Yeah, my mom worked at a bar and sold pull tabs for a lot of years when I was growing up, and... She mm-hmm. made money off of the tips, you know, people, mm-hmm. people gave like a big tips when they won and mm-hmm. she hated it, but it was good money. So yeah, yeah. there's a bar. Well, the Muni in Budette, Minnesota, shout mm-hmm. out Budette. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I was up there with some of my friends and we were just sitting at the bar. We were in there for probably 15 minutes and we bought some pull tabs and my friend Jake and I won he 
I think mm-hmm. I won seventy five dollars and he won a hundred and fifty dollars within like two mm-hmm. minutes of each other. Would we had just That's gotten amazing. there? And and Mario, awesome. the bartender, was very impressed with us. I feel like he was a little bit bitter because mm-hmm. we're like out of towners. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> pulling all the you're good taking money tabs. out of yeah. Oh, exactly. we spent it back. Taking money we out of my town. Back into the economy of Baudet in the <laughs> form fair. of a bar tab. <laughs> in the form of Budweiser and funny hats. Oh, oh god, and cat and sweatshirts. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Kind of the only things to do in Baudet. Love it. Love yep. it so much. Okay. So the laws uh, around gaming vary state to state. Nearly every state has a state-run lottery system like we just talked about. Nevada and Louisiana are the only ones where casinos are legal statewide. I didn't know Louisiana was one. Okay. Obviously, Nevada is. Um, mm-hmm. Other mm-hmm. states have zoning and licensing regulations, which limit them to certain cities, like Atlantic City in New Jersey. Mm-hmm. And some mm-hmm. states have casinos restricted to riverboats. And yeah, amazing. What the fuck? I yeah, think I don't get it at all. I think it is so the state can control where they're located. And a lot of mm-hmm. these riverboat casinos are on the Mississippi and Missouri rivers, like middle of the country. Mm-hmm. So technically mm-hmm. they can be moved. They're mobile, but they like re- they're never not docked in the same place. It's just like a technicality. Interesting. That's okay. my so it interpretation. Wasn't, it wasn't like they weren't like built as a workaround because it was like nowhere on the on, on the water. land of Missouri. Mm-hmm. I mean, it could well, be right. there. Be I mean, it, every state is different, as we said. So I mean, maybe like the That's waters between Iowa and Nebraska are like. <laughs> international waters and it's like which <laughs> which state laws do we follow let's just move the boat to the other side of the river or like downstream yeah. a little I bit i super don't think that's it <laughs> but i like the creativity I mean, of it. shifty laws <laughs> technicalities workarounds yeah sure. all of the all right. above i mean that is technicality is most likely how riverboat casinos mm-hmm. were made okay Kenyon's probably closer on the nose than we think with like how it started just manipulating the actual language. Yeah, yeah. yeah but every the state, and then they were just like, okay, it's fine. Yeah, every state is different, right, fine. and the laws boat, change. Bucket. You know, depending on the economy, I'm sure. So they just felt mm-hmm. it was easier to have a mobile river boat casino. I don't know. Yeah. Okay. Um. So, and then all American Indian tribes have legal protections to open casinos. So I have a little bit of information on Mm. the Indian Gaming Regulatory Act, which I, Mm -hmm. I've Mm -hmm. always wondered about like Meskwaki Casino and what's that other one in like Chaska or Shakopee? Oh, there. I always go to Mystic Lake. Lake. That's my Mm -hmm. jam. (laughs) There are a million. And they finally made it not dry. Oh, it was dry. Nice. There's bars there now. Yeah, you can't bring liquor into your hotel room, but there are bars on the casino floor. You can't have liquor in your room. There are like How do you weird liquor laws your, with that place. You're gambling. <laughs> you pack your booze under your unmentionables. Oh, yeah. Okay. But they look at your bags. Like they have you pop open your oh double bags. Oh my god, that's weird. They didn't fish around in there when we went last time. I had, again, all my booze was underneath my underwear. Jesus. Underneath your clothes. <laughs> <laughs> There's a liquor bottle. 
<laughs> the real translation to Shakira's hair. Underneath your clothes. <laughs> oh my god, I didn't know that about Mystic Lake. That's ridiculous. What? That's so Stupid! Oh my god. Well, well and it, I, this as we will discuss, those rules are completely uh, dependent on the wishes of the tribes themselves, like the people mm-hmm. who run the casino. But I'm sure everyone is different. There are also a lot of dry reservations just because of yeah. you know History. alcohol issues yeah. in native communities, unfortunately. Yeah. So, so once again, thanks, white thanks, folks. Thanks, Obama. Mm-hmm. Yeah, thanks, Obama. So the Indian Gaming Regulatory Act is a federal law that passed in 1988, which protects gaming as a means of generating revenue for the tribes. And this act came Mm -hmm. about because gambling games are a part of many traditional Native cultures. Um, In the 70s and 80s, when the Reagan administration was like, hey, you guys need to be economically self-sufficient, many tribes opened their own bingo parlors. So it was already part mm-hmm. of their culture, but they're like, oh, we can probably make money off of this by opening up to, like, white people who want to come and gamble here. My friend Ryan is Native, and he was telling me, he made me, like, this absolutely incredible hand-beaded necklace because he's really, really fucking oh good God. at beating. And his grandmother is also, like, a beating badass. And he's talking about when he visits his family on the reservation that they live in in Minnesota, um... He'll go to the bingo halls, and, like, the women are so into beading that they all custom bead their bingo blotters. <laughs> amazing. And That's I was like, I Can we go? I love it so, yes, I, I want to go so I would bad. go to that. I could get into some, like, old lady bingo gambling. Oh, bingo is show. so, so fucking fun. I Mahjong. love bingo. Yes, oh, my God. When Lucy and I lived in China, we lived in, like, mm-hmm. in the middle of nowhere in this, it was like, rural. small town of Three it was million, like a rural, but rural. It, rural for and China. Rural for yeah. China is rural. <laughs> it's just it was dirty. The rural Jewish. It was a rural Jewish. And um, <laughs> it was rural. rural. <laughs> and Bob blah blah, blah <laughs> lived there. And um, <laughs> he's very good. <laughs> um, no, but we the mahjong was huge, and there would be these mahjong dens, and mm-hmm. uh, these like little ladies would be in these tiny little back rooms, so all like smoky. smoky. I mean, they were like legit little dens. It was uninhabitable opium dens back in the day. They were dark and, and mm-hmm. dingy and full, just solid smoke. Yeah, it was ridiculous, and Baijo, and then like beer and then these little old ladies and then they would have they would use us as like their proxies and like pretend that like we were making the mahjong decisions but we didn't know at all how to play but then they would be like using us like i'd be on this old lady's team and lucy would be on that old lady's team and then we they'd be like playing and then they would like cackle laugh when like one of us was like nothing Nothing. I, they didn't even speak Chinese. They spoke like the local dialect. Yeah. We couldn't. We couldn't communicate yeah. with them. I think we were just basically their. Talismans. I love how these little, <laughs> yeah, these little like gathering spaces though are so cross cultural because that could easily be describing like a bingo hall in rural mm-hmm. Minnesota where these women are packed in yeah. at their fucking folding tables with like 
and somehow, miraculously, they can keep track of their ten bingo yeah, cards yeah. with their custom beaded blotters. <laughs> like, totally. I love that. Any little weird sense of community, we're gonna find it mm-hmm. somehow. And in human, and in old guide. ladies love gambling. They, they really do. do. Yeah. and I'm right there and with them. <laughs> <laughs> okay, 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 okay. Um, so these tribes <laughs> opened up their own bingo parlors um, with the intent of making you know, solidifying their economies. And then when the states were like, hey, you guys can't do that. We have state laws regulating gambling. The tribes were like, nope, this is our land. We've had our own sovereign laws on our land since you guys pushed Mm -hmm. us onto the reservations. So fuck you. Um, So they were kind of at like a standoff sort of. Um, So the feds Mm -hmm. passed this law as like a kind of compromise. Um, Mm-hmm. Today, these numbers are like kind of surprise me. Today, there are about 360 Indian gaming establishments with gambling mm-hmm. besides traditional games. Um, with like the traditional games have like little to no wagering. So there are different mm-hmm. classes of these business establishments. So like cla- I think it's class one is like their traditional games with like you know not a lot of money exchanged, and then their class three would be like mm-hmm. Mystic Lake. Yeah. This is, but the, these laws are why video roulette are not allowed even, like anywhere in Minnesota. Yeah, it depends on there the classification games, like, of this, each specific game. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep, and there are certain reservations that have casinos that will allow blackjack, and certain ones mm-hmm. that won't. Like it's very interesting how the the rules are different depending on where you go. Yeah. yeah. Well, some gaming, some games I could see being considered competition for these mm-hmm. establishments, and then some being considered. Maybe too unsavory, almost. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or too addictive yeah. for these establishments. I'm not sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it is up to the tribes themselves to determine, like, what class of games they want to be, like, licensed for. And then, you know, how just mm-hmm. how deep they want to go with it. Um, so 360 gaming establishments in the U.S. operated by about 220 federally recognized tribes, and there are 565 mm. federally recognized tribes, which I think sucks mm-hmm. that they have to be federally recognized, but there you go. Yeah, that's insane. Yeah, fuck you. <laughs> and then more, mm-hmm. of course, more are likely to open their own establishments in the future, so I don't know. Mm-hmm. It's, it's part of their economies and whatever works. I think it's a good way to make money, but... Um, Mm -hmm. So back to just general gambling. Some people argue that gambling leads to political corruption, um, compulsive gambling, which could lead to personal financial issues, which may lead to embezzlement and stealing. Um, Which may lead to the ruin of wine and crime. Thanks, Amanda. Yeah, I was going to say, that's Amanda's (laughs) path right there. Laid out real Um, clear. Even some concerns like kids being left in cars in the parking lot while the parents go in and like feed their gambling addictions or whatever. Oh, yeah. For sure. But a lot of casinos now will have daycares. I was just going to say, in Vegas, a ton of these places had daycare. It was awesome. Yeah. (laughs) I'm like, mental. Did you drop Dan off? (laughs) Pick you up, six, honey. 
<laughs> Dan Dan in Vegas is real fun. We found a hat, a cowboy hat, like a straw hat. If you were following our social hat. media. Yeah, if you're following our social media when we all went to visit Iowa and we found that hat in Des Moines, we literally found a second of the same hat in Vegas. And Dan wore it around and his Vegas persona was John Belia. (laughs) And he would just introduce himself as John Belia to Asian tourists that didn't speak any English and they were like, what the fuck is happening? I'm John Belia. How to do, ma'am? I'm John Belia. Yeah, it was a lot of drinking, drugs, and quoting Jurassic Park. It's a dinosaur. Amazing. It was a really fun weekend. Oh, my God. Hi, Mom. (laughs) Okay, so people are arguing against, like, opening new casinos in certain areas because of these perceived higher crime rates because there's so much money involved, and it's... Open them up. Let them in. And it's kind of like an addictive, you know, situation. Um, they mm-hmm. also argue that the presence of casinos attract like prostitution, drug dealers, organized crime, and violence. But mm-hmm. there was a no. crim- like there's a criminologist so named, named Jay Albanese who studied casinos and these kinds of concerns and found a negligible correlation. He said that crime mm-hmm. volume and crime rate are two different things. So basically, the risk of being a victim of a crime changes with population density not whether there's a casino in the area so just because casinos Precisely. are more common where there's a bigger population you know mm-hmm. you, this, it takes all kinds if there's people there there's going to be crime it's not because there's mm-hmm. a casino well, and prostitution and the neighborhood around mystic lake is like immaculate gorgeous like yeah. huge beautiful homes because yeah, probably because the, a lot of the folks who live mm-hmm. in that area work at the casino, work at or for that casino, and have make a decent living and have like, I mean, not saying that if you have a lovely home, like your life is great, but mm-hmm. just saying that's you not it good, certainly good doesn't look like money. a fucking crime yeah. den. Yeah, yeah, that's bullshit. Also, the I mean, <clears throat> rates of prostitution or sex work will increase at. In and around any population center, like you said, or entertainment center. The Super Bowl. mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. Which, I mean, we don't have perfect data on the the incidents surrounding the Super Bowl of prostitution and sex work. We have Mm -hmm. estimates, but exactly. Like, that same sort of phenomenon of, like, when people are out looking for entertainment... Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. They're going to be looking for drugs and Yeah, they're going to be looking for drugs. And if they are the type of person that wants to pay for sex, then they will be looking to pay for sex also, Mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, So this is where my really bizarre crimes come in. The majority of crimes committed inside of casinos don't involve gambling. So the most common ones are theft of chips wallets and purses are far mm-hmm. more common than say trying to pass off counterfeit money or things that you might expect. Oh, cuz you won't fucking get away with you it. You will not. You will no. not. And the casino doesn't care if really that much mm. if you're stealing oh, from yeah. drunk huge insurance. Clients. Oh, yeah. yes they mm-hmm. do. Oh, I'll get okay. to that. Never mind. So my- they care more if you're stealing from them. 
though. I mean, if you're stealing from a patron who's trying to spend their money at the casino, you're basically stealing from the oh, casino. Oh, that's true. Uh, okay, okay. Good call. So... I suppose I didn't think about it that way. Modern automated slot machines are virtually impossible to rig, although in 2009, three men, including a former cop, used a software glitch in one of the machines, in one slot machine in a casino in Pennsylvania to steal $420,000. And I thought this was really interesting, and I'm like, well, did they create the glitch? Did they notice the glitch? Who are these guys? But I could find literally no more information about this. But but this crime was referenced in, like, three different websites and news articles that I Mm -hmm. read about. So I actually can't tell you any more about this particular incident but the casino probably shut that shit down because i don't want people knowing about it especially if it was a natural Mm -hmm. well i guess either way if it was a glitch they don't want people knowing about it right yeah yeah Mm. that's a good point um drug dealers and people trying to launder money through gambling are very common so laundering Mm -hmm. money is kind of i wouldn't say smart but it makes sense that people try to do that totally um and scams and schemes, scams and schemes, both. Oh yeah, I love scams, <sighs> schemes and schemes. <laughs> you scampy scamming and scheming scamp. <laughs> Scamanda. I'm tired. In the haunted basement. <laughs> I'm, t- I'm tired. When we were in the haunted basement this weekend, all these creepy little actors in their bloody outfits, they'd like you know, creep around you, and Amanda would be like, oh, you little scamp, you just snuck up on me there. <laughs> you little scamp. I would have, like, I had wet to my pants. So I didn't shit myself. I have never been more, like, on a physical level scared. Like, my body was oh. tense and, like, Ugh. The sounds of Lucy screaming are burned in my mind. <laughs> All I could do was scream and giggle and repeat, no, 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 no. <laughs> it was so great. <laughs> oh, the only... She almost broke my hand. I was not going to let you go. They were trying to t- pry us apart. I, was, I had a death grip on Amanda. I had to pry your hand off of me because I was like, there's no avoiding that they're going to separate us and you're hurting me. Let go. I gave it a fight. <laughs> I've lost blood circulation in my mm-hmm. arm. My fingers At this are point, black. You are the real threat to me. <laughs> Yes, 100%. I am the scamp. <laughs> there is real and present danger in this grip. <laughs> and it is you. <laughs> the safe word was uncle. It would have been funny if Amanda was like, Lucy, uncle, I'm uncling you. Uncling my hand. Oh, my God. That yeah. basement was fucking ridiculous. Okay, scams and schemes. It was awesome. Scams and mm. schemes like marking cards also happen fairly regularly, and some scammers have cards that they put into the machine slots to make it to make the machine think that someone put money in. Oh, like the voucher. It has like a barcode reader on it. Most slot machines yeah, have that so now. Yeah, so they have like fake ones of those. So you can play the game without I actually spending the, the actual money. Um, mm. They also have special cameras that pick up on a clear substance that can be smeared onto playing cards. So they're mm. like high tech about it. And mm. okay, so here's where we get kind of weird. It is possible to accidentally commit a crime at a casino 
and and oh, have, have heavier than normal consequences. So, like, if you, it is not out of the realm of possibility to write a bad check accidentally. So, mm-hmm. everyone's bounced a check at some point sure. in their life. Mm-hmm. Um, fun fact: my very the very first check that I wrote was at Target by Amanda's. <laughs> Can I say it? What? Oh my god. And it bounced. It's birth control. No, it was a <laughs> enhanced. It was I always an took care of my own birth product. control. Thank you very much. <laughs> Push up bra. Oh, horny goat weed. What? Oh. No. Was it horny it goat was weed? Lube. <laughs> oh. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh. I forgot that I sent you to pick no, me up. No, you were lube with me. Once. You just like forgot your wallet or something and all I had was a check book my brand new checkbook it was the first check okay. i ever wrote this is coming back to me now this is coming back to me now the 15 year old boy working at target named chad was like am i on candid camera i think we bought lube and like a bunch of candy i can definitely confirm that that's maybe some sunglasses oh my god oh my god yes Lube is great. Did your check bounce? No. Or no? Okay. No, it was my first check. I had at least $50 in there. That's how you have, you have to have a certain (laughs) amount to even open a checking account. Yeah. Yeah. Um, That is amazing. Okay, so if you accidentally write a bad check, they will issue a warrant for your arrest. Like, they do not Mm. fuck around. Um, Mm. If you pick up a chip off of the floor... Or pick up someone's cash out that they left at the machine accidentally, they'll bust you for it. And so, like... The cash out slip thing, though, is kind of a gray area. Because a lot of times, you will pay down to, like, a 21-cent payout. And, like, at, at when we were gambling at the Bellagio, people will leave those all the time. And just leave them on the machine for well, the next the, person. Well, the staff so, is like, supposed to pick them up. If a, if a patron right. picks it up and they see you on camera... So, the laws about... Um, it's not stealing, but, like, finders keepers kinds of laws. Mm-hmm. You and I mm-hmm. would think that finders keepers, losers weepers, obviously. Right. That's written in the Constitution. It is in the Constitution. <laughs> it's one of the Ten Commandments. John Hancock literally wrote. <laughs> the Ten Commandments in the Constitution. But actually the laws. We're well versed in the, the Constitution. The is that you need to make a reasonable effort to find the owner of whatever you find. So, of that so the casinos cents. say that if you're in a casino and there's just abandoned cash, the least you could do as far as a reasonable amount of effort is to return it to the casino. So if you don't take that mm-hmm. step, in their eyes, it's a crime. And they also have cameras fucking like everywhere. I casinos get all fucking high and mighty and, like, fuck it's off. It's a bill- multi-billion they dollar industry. They have to keep it like, tight. I'm keeping my 21 cent voucher, you they fucking asshole. They keep it tight. I mean, maybe if it's 21 cents. But... Yeah. But the thing that's interesting, though, is, I mean, you are putting, I, I picked, I put that voucher right back into a yeah. machine. I mean, so it is like, up to their discretion, but I'm just yeah. saying, like, don't pick up a chip off the floor and spend it. Mm-mm. And if it happens to be, like, wow. a $100 chip, definitely don't try to spend it. Wow. Mm-hmm. Turn so, it um, yeah, you must return it to the casino. And another some other weird rules if you get upset and get loud or like if you're just boisterous and loud in general they will charge and arrest you for disorderly conduct 
because they can't have oh, that. I can't go. I know. These are just more reasons to not go to Vegas. I get real loud, no, you guys. Well, it, it depends, though, because celebrating, like, celebrating your win... They're not going to bust no, you for that. You get, we were wasted, and, like, when I won 100 bucks on the Titanic slot machine, I lost if, my mind, and then, like, the, <laughs> they just laugh at you. If it's, like, good nature. But if nature, you're freaking out over a loss, it's just, yeah. It's a lot of money in a relatively small space, and they, they don't fuck around with people who are, like, drunk and upset or about to cause a scene, like, you're out. And if you try to and come back in, it's don't. trespassing. It's environment control. A huge part of how they keep people in there is if there are happy people, happy people keep yep. gambling. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Totally. Also, they don't have clocks in there. They don't have natural sunlight. You have no idea what time it is. You have no, there's like, you're in a time warp when you're in these yep. casinos. And they want everyone to be happy and like drunk. But in that. Mm-hmm. And the second you're acting like a dick, they're going to take you effort, out because then you're ruining somebody else's good time. In their environment control effort, they have the law on their side and they will fucking mm-hmm. use it. Mm-hmm. They also oh, don't sure. want anyone distracting people who are gambling because if you're distracted, mm-hmm. you're not putting money in those slot machines, you're not placing those bets. Yep. And mm-hmm. they don't want anyone causing a distraction and possibly being able to commit a fraud while uh, the dealers are distracted. Exactly. Even though mm-hmm. they're highly trained, so they won't <clears throat> likely get distracted, but still. I want to work on like the psychology team that must go into the design of casinos. Oh my god! It seems like an insanely the movie Twenty One kind of goes into the psychology a little bit, at least of gambling, which I think it's a good movie Mm -hmm. if you haven't seen it. Yeah, I like that movie. Um, So basically, to wrap this up, everything is recorded in a casino, like modern, larger casinos. They have facial recognition mm-hmm. software, plus they have the state cops and the feds on their side. Um, so you're mm-hmm. kind of fucked if you try to pull something off, so just don't. Bottom line. Mm-hmm. Well, every new slot machine has a camera in it. Everywhere you go, every- you're on camera. Yeah, yeah mm-hmm. everything. Well, one of my favorite ones was the Ellen DeGeneres slot machine that takes a picture of you and then it puts your head on an Ellen DeGeneres character and you can dress it up and then she you gamble had a with segment. it. Oh, she avatar. had a segment on one of her episodes where she went to that one of those Ellen machines and like surprised <gasps> the person who was playing it <laughs> and like brought her oh on my the God. show. It was just a clip I saw on Facebook. It was she went ballistic. It was so I funny. I would lose my mind. <laughs> that woman is a queen of daytime television. I love Ellen. Uh, I love sure. Ellen. I fucking love so, Ellen. So and actually while we're talking about casinos, there's something kind of important to note about mental health related with casinos. Mm-hmm. It's for okay. some people it's very addictive. So mm-hmm. yeah. Which brings us into Talkspace. Our sponsor, <laughs> sponsor Talkspace. <laughs> Yo, if quick you have story a though. Gambling okay. addiction. Quick story as we launch into mental health and Talkspace. Mm-hmm. So, right by my house, there is a casino. It's called Monte mm-hmm. Casino, and it's this complex of like hotels and like a theater and, um, like a stage theater with like big productions, like. Like, sure. whatever. And uh, a casino, obviously. And it's designed to look like a Tuscan village. Yeah, it gross. looks like Vegas. Okay. Like, it looks, I mean, it's, I it's it. on a hill and it's the size of a small Tuscan village, this whole <laughs> complex. And at night, it's from, a, it seriously looks like 
there's a Tuscan village on a hill, and there's like a clock tower, and like all the buildings are like different sizes Disneyland. and different like it's stones. Ep- it's Epcot. <laughs> it's Epcot. It's freaking Epcot. And then when That's, you get... I would be in heaven there. It's amazing. And when you get inside, it's the same thing where it's like, there's like a fake police car and there's like a fake... Um, there's like fake lines of laundry and fake little Italian addresses on fake what? little... It's a whole thing. It's a whole thing. That's like the Venetian has an actual canal. gondola <laughs> canal that goes through it yes, that you can ride so in. Yes. And the, the inside of it is supposed to look like... Basically, a yeah, fake Venice sky. at like sunset. <laughs> yeah, it's so crazy. Sky. When you go to the restaurants at this place, they ask you if you want to sit indoors or outdoors. Yeah, it's all indoors. But it's all indoors. <laughs> yep, this is the Venetian. This is the Venetian yeah. in South Africa. Yeah, it's so oh, weird. It's amazing. Flying there just to go to that. Oh my yeah. god. Yeah, it's, it's five outdoors. minutes from my house. <laughs> it's amazing. So anyway, at the casino, this was like a few months ago, but at the casino there. A man went and he, like, took his very last sum of money, and it probably wasn't much money, like, maybe $50 max, mm-hmm. maybe $30, like, to his name. What did mm-hmm. he do? And he gambled it, Hail Mary mm-hmm. move, and lost. Oh, God. And lit himself on fire on the casino <gasps> floor. Jesus Oh my God! What? What? Poor baby. Because poor because he was distraught. He had no money. This was his last, in in his eyes, his last. Did he bring an accelerant with him? Because you can't just light yourself on fire. He must. I mean, they must have. That's all the information I have. But it was apparently like serious. Did he die? Like, yes. Oh. Yeah. Jesus Christ. So gambling addiction is a very serious thing. Uh, yeah. Yes. Uh-huh. Mental health is a very serious thing, and you need to prioritize mm-hmm. your mental health. Take care of Treat yourself. your brain. Treat your brain. And there are addiction counselors available through Talkspace. Like specifically mm-hmm. addiction? Should you need That's one. That's awesome. Yep. When you sign up, they do an assessment like a preliminary assessment and they help narrow down matches of uh, licensed therapists that are within like that specific wheelhouse that's most custom to your needs. So if you go on there and they're like, lay out your goals and you're like, well, I have a gambling problem. That would be Mm -hmm. a big indicator that you need somebody who is well-versed in like addiction Mm -hmm. counseling. Yeah. Or it could be like work stress or relationships Mm -hmm. or Mm -hmm. depression or anxiety or, you Mm -hmm. know, whatever. All of the above. (laughs) They would match me with eight different therapists. (laughs) Yeah. I, I got matched with one therapist and she is awesome. I've been seeing slash talking to her for the last couple weeks and it's like the best. I love this service so much. And yeah, it was really easy to sign in. I had anxiety about trying it just because that's my problem, my main problem. And I couldn't be happier with how it's going and how convenient it is. And I have never gone more than a couple hours without a response. And in the event that she knows that she won't be able to get back to me, she'll let me know like, hey, just so you know, I got your message. I'm just, I'm away from my computer or I'm away away from my office and I'm going to check back in with you at this time. 
It's been so awesome. Great. I love being so able I talk, to text. I talk to her every day. Yeah. I love being able to text. Mm-hmm. I love being able to have a, a record of the conversation. And I love how affordable mm-hmm. it is. It's so much more affordable than uh, the, the in-person talk therapy that I was going to before. Um, mm-hmm. It starts at $32 a week. And with our promo code GALS, you get $30 off your first month, which is a really great deal. Mm-hmm. Um, so go to talkspace.com forward slash gals. There's also a link on our website's homepage, wineandcrimepodcast.com. Um, and yeah, we just think so highly of them. Talkspace, check them out. Check mm-hmm. it out. Treat your brain. Okay, so quick side note. Uh, when I told Zach what this uh episode's topic was going to be he just straight up started quoting the movie casino <laughs> at me i love for that a movie it's for so about good. 15 minutes like mm. didn't even pause to like take a breath like he just like and you were like are you done he just did like, you get it out of your system <laughs> not even close he just like became joe pesci <laughs> oh god he shrank <laughs> 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 He's a changeling and he becomes Joe Pesci. Oh my god. I wrote a 45 page paper in college on Martin Scorsese films and a big chunk of it was Casino. So good. Oh god. It's it's actually a great film. It's it's no my cousin Vinny, but it's pretty great. Um, <laughs> okay. You love that movie inexplicably. I do not understand your love for my cousin Vinny. And you've always loved that movie. I I identify with Marissa Tomei deeply in that movie. I don't know why. Okay, so. Oh my god. Moving on. Um, I am going to tell you the story of a beautiful French swindler named Monique Laurent. Oh, oh my. Did she have a fragrance line? (laughs) Yeah, right? (laughs) She should. Um, Monique was born on Valentine's Day. (laughs) You uh, will not do this accent. (laughs) Savannah or nothing. Savannah or nothing. Savannah or nothing. (laughs) Welsh or bust. (laughs) (laughs) Um... Okay, she was born on Valentine's Day in 1948 in Deauville, France. Um, mm-hmm. uh, Deauville is in Normandy, which um, is where you live. Is the yeah the the region that I lived in as a teenager briefly, uh, very unromantically on a pig farm. <gasps> I just realized you lived on a pig farm. I, you did. I did. You did. She's the original long pig lover. Oh my god! And 69. your host mom was psycho. She had bodies buried throughout the property. Oh, if you had stayed with her, you would have been pig food. I would have absolutely been pig food. She made me eat pumpkin soup for dinner <laughs> six months straight. What's she trying All to? All I had was fucking pumpkin soup. <laughs> pumpkin, which. Sounds delicious, Soup. but you know. For six months, does it? For six months, does it sound delicious? <laughs> no. All right, no, you're right. All right, sounds you're right, good you're right, right now, you're right. just because it's like Halloween. Oh my it's god, it super sounds good. All right, so, um, <laughs> soup. 
er. Oh, okay. <laughs> Soup spelled backwards is poos. Um, so, Deauville uh, has long been a high-class summer vacation town for Parisians. It's on the Atlantic Ocean. There are beaches. There are resorts. Um, there's a well-known film festival, which is not as internationally famous as Cannes Film Festival, but it's still quite, like, highfalutin. Um, um, it's pronounced Canes. Canis. Canis. Rhymes with anise. Canis. Um, <laughs> and there is a very uh, famous casino in this town. Mm. Okay. So, Deauville is a boom town in the summers with tourists, and then things kind of clear out in the winters because it rains every fucking day in the winter in Normandy. Every fucking day, all day long, it rains. Sounds um, fun. So, I'm not bitter. I had a great time. The beaches are um, great. <laughs> <laughs> the beaches. Storm them. They're great. Oh, Jesus. Um, oh, my God. Oh, <laughs> My God. Sorry. I know. Amanda's grandfather, like, literally, like, risked his life to, like, save our freedom. If he hadn't been cremated, he'd be rolling over in his grave right now. He's blowing around in his urn right now. (laughs) He soups his. It is a twister situation in there. Jesus. Sorry, Grandpa. No, but actually, like... When I was when I was living in Normandy, it was 2004, so the Iraq War was was happening, and like French people hated Americans and hated George W. Bush, and you know, being American in France was like not very fun, and um, I mean, being American in general wasn't very fun, <laughs> and um, <laughs> if we're being honest, and but being in Normandy like the the elderly people still had very vivid memories of Americans coming and saving them during the occupation. And one time I was like with my friends in like outside in like the marketplace or whatever. And this old lady overheard that I was American and she came up to me and hugged me. Oh, wow. Just like, cause she lived through the Nazi occupation and she just she just wanted to thank an American. Aww. It was amazing. That's really nice. God bless the vitamins. God bless those mm-hmm. vitamins. Okay. Anyway, so there's this casino in this town. <laughs> um, Monique is part of kind of like a towny family. Um, mm-hmm. But like middle class, whatever. But they, she's like from this town. So she's there even when it clears out in the winters. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, not a ton of information about her childhood, but it seems pretty normal. No, like, glaring trauma of any sort. Mm-hmm. Um, pretty much all we know about her up until her mid-twenties is that she was considered a great beauty. Well, with a name oh, like okay. Monique Laurent, how could you not be? Yeah. Like Momo. <laughs> Momo. Um, <laughs> that was her nickname. Also, just so <laughs> elegant. Momo Laurel. So elegant. <laughs> Momo Laurel. Momo Laurel. <laughs> Go to she the drive. There's, Rose. <laughs> there's a black and white photo of like a sort of close-up photo. This is the great beauty. That's her. She just looks like everybody's <coughs> mom's. She's a mouth photo. breather. <laughs> 
She's got a fish mouth. Wait. God <laughs> bless her. And my grandmother's hair. Oh. The close-up. Why is her mouth open like that? Yeah. I love her turtleneck, though. She does yeah. look like a cat that smelled something rancid. Yeah, she does Ooh. have, like, she's, a cat. She's like, got I don't know. that cat open <laughs> mouth face. Every article I read talked about her, like, striking looks and, like, <laughs> how, like, stunning. And I just, and then I saw this photo and I was like, what the fuck? Is this the only photo? Anyway. Yeah, that I could find, yeah. Not to disparage another woman's looks, but this might be integral but, to the story. Yeah, it is. But fish mouth Magoo over here. <laughs> fish, uh-huh. fish mouth uh-huh. breeder. <laughs> Momo fish mouth Loro. Fish mouth Magoo over here. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Okay. Well, I'm not a, a nice great person. personality. Probably. <laughs> Maybe. Okay, well, this makes my transition difficult because my next line is <laughs> Like Monique, this was an elegant scam. <laughs> you know, creatures of the sea can be like elegant. Monique, the scam went swimmingly. <laughs> <laughs> She didn't begin any of her, like, criminal conniving until she turned 25. Okay. Um, It was at this point that her brother got a job at the casino as a croupier, which apparently is just a dealer. A bookie. Nope. Just a dealer? Nope. Just a dealer. Like a roulette dealer. Oh, okay. Okay? Mm -hmm. Um, uh, Monique's brother would... Like, he wanted, he, I think, got the job because he wanted to try to scam the casino. So he was Mm. trying to figure out ways to do it, but he couldn't quite figure it out on his own. So initially he was testing out the roulette wheel in his, like, free time at work when nobody was watching to see if he could, like... Rig it? Make... Yeah, like, manipulate the spin. Yeah, me too. That's why I played it so much. (laughs) Trying to rig video (laughs) poker. The Ellen machine. <laughs> it wasn't. It wasn't poker. It was oh, roulette. Oh, so sorry. <laughs> this was also God. 1973, so like mm-hmm. a lot hadn't been tried yet. Um, For sure. Okay, he couldn't figure anything out, so he turns to his devilishly smart sister for help. Oh God. <laughs> devilfishly. And devilishly <laughs> handsome De- woman. <laughs> Devil fishy. <laughs> she was a handsome woman. She was a- <laughs> oh no. Oh no. Rain her in. Reel her in. <laughs> we got a live one. Monique Tuna Laurel. Oh no. Uh, All these people are fish. (laughs) Oh, God. Okay. (laughs) Okay, so getting an inside man in the casino, which is, is like, pretty standard casino crime fare, right? Yeah. (laughs) But here is where Monique's ingenuity comes in. Okay? (laughs) She has a sculptor... <laughs> she has a sculptor friend design a special roulette ball with a tiny radio receiver inside. Ooh. 
Okay. Oh, wow. Um, this step took a lot of trial and error because inserting the radio transmitter into the roulette balls without the change being noticeable wasn't easy. So, like, if the weight was off or if, like, the crack was apparent, mm-hmm. then, like, they would be caught. So it took a long time, but then they finally, like, perfected the prototype, okay? Cool. I love this. So... Then, whenever possible, Monique's brother would sneak the tampered uh, roulette ball into play. <laughs> so he'd just he just catch the existing one and like throw in the radio yeah. one. Yes, that's yeah. Mm-hmm. He would like pocket the reg. <laughs> oh, oh. He, yeah. He would then <laughs> he would then give Monique like a discreet signal. Okay, she would be lounging at the bar. So she was not betting at the roulette table. Mm-hmm. She was lounging at the bar with a pack of cigarettes, which is, like, so French. Um, mm-hmm. And then she would occasionally place, like, regular normal bets on other games on the casino floor, but always pretty Just close. Just to blend in. Yeah. Always mm-hmm. pretty close to the roulette table. Mm-hmm. Because inside her cigarette pack oh. was the radio transmitter oh my that controlled oh my the roulette ball. This is amazing. How does the radio <laughs> control the ball's movement? I mean, I'm sure you're getting to that. I don't know the science of it, but it did. Okay. Fair Kay. enough. <laughs> so It's fish science. <laughs> Fish side. Move on. <laughs> it's a little fishy, but trust it. Um, okay, then Monique's husband, who I don't think she really liked all that much, but Monique's husband would be the one placing... I'm liking her more and more. <laughs> yeah, the winning bets at the roulette table, and like that's the riskiest of the three jobs, and mm-hmm. she gave it to him, so I feel like she wasn't super down with her husband. Anyway. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Fair. Okay, so as the ball was, like, initially released and the wheel first started spinning, Monique would press a discreet button on her cigarette pack, uh, which was almost invisible, according to newspaper reports. Mm-hmm. And the transmitter would direct the ball's movements to a group of six numbers with up to 90% accuracy. Oh, wow. I still don't understand okay. how the fuck this would have worked. But then again, I'm not a scientist, so maybe I'll just I let it go. N- no idea, okay. but it did. Okay. Okay. So even though the bets only won one out of six times because it could, it got 90% of the time, it got 90 works half the time, works every It works 90% of the time. <laughs> well, and with roulette, what you can do is you can bet on, like, you can put your bet on, like, a corner of four clustered numbers because the board is a grid, but then, obviously, the wheel is round. Um, and you can also bet on, like, red or black. So there are a lot of ways that you can make money yeah. on roulette. You don't just the, – the most money that you make is when you just put – a large sum on number. one yeah. number. Yeah. Yeah. Um, like for me, 17 black was like always my number. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, and then that, you know, you put money on that and then you're making the largest amount, but it's the least likely for you to yeah. win. Right. So there, he could be placing bets that were quote unquote safe within that cluster of six numbers and still making a lot mm-hmm. of money. Right. 
So they were basically, they would lose sometimes, but the winning bets were still large enough to cover the losses, mm-hmm. and they were making, like, a huge profit still. And um, it's good to lose sometimes yes. because then it's less glaringly obvious that you're cheating. Exactly. So it would it was delayed suspicion slightly. Um, mm. Okay, so experts in gambling fraud have called it... Uh, the, a bold escalation in cas- the casino arms race and one of the greatest scams of all time. Okay, because wow. it was kind of one of the first times, really, that people were trying, like, full-on tech mm-hmm. in this fraud process because up until this point, it was, like, slipping in their own deck of cards and, like, whatever. Right. And this was, like, using, like, fucking radio signals. Invisible. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Crazy. Um, okay. So the casino sensed something was up because, uh, you know, the trio had won 5 million francs, which is the equivalent of $1 million at the time and would be. Holy shit. Right, yeah. And would be worth almost $6 million in today's money. Oh my God. Off of the scheme in their first week. No, that's wow. their first mistake. You can't just yeah, like no. Spread it out. Yeah, right. Yeah. You're supposed to go lose in there like most of the time, and when you win, it's a large amount. Yeah, go in there and do it for gas money and groceries, and like, yeah, and then go away for a few months. Mm-hmm. Come on, mm-hmm. no, but. While the casino was suspicious, they couldn't for the life of them figure out what was going on. So Mm -hmm. they had the roulette tables inspected. They had them taken apart and examined piece by piece, but Mm -hmm. nothing was amiss. They kept close watch on the dealers, but they didn't ever notice the switching of the roulette ball. Mm. Um, And unlike a lot of other uh, gambling casino crimes, it actually wasn't their greed that would be their undoing, necessarily. Oh, no. It was the fact that she was half fish. It <laughs> she was, stayed out of the water for too long. <laughs> it was... She had to go back to her people. <laughs> her gills. It was King Triton. <laughs> her contract with <laughs> Ursula had come Stop. up. Abort. And she Taking lost too long. her legs. Abort. Turned okay. back into a fin. Yeah. I appreciated right. it. <laughs> <laughs> um... No, it would be fucking patriarchy. Always, always, always. So it's not because she was a fish, it was because she was a woman? A woman. Oh, no. King Triton's pretty patriarchy-ish, though. That's true. True. All right, Monique uh, standing quietly alone at the bar, minding her own fucking business. Um, Well, defrauding the casino. (laughs) Um, (laughs) (laughs) Whatever. Minding her own business, defrauding the casino, mm-hmm. uh, had inadvertently caught the eye of the quote lusty casino owner. Ick. So nope, rapist nope. casino yeah. owner. <laughs> yeah. Lusty. Mm-hmm. Ew. Lone wolves are white male terrorists, and lusty casino owners are rapists. <laughs> yeah, Let's just is. call a spade a spade <laughs> if we're gonna use casino terms. That's so true. God, that's so perfect. Oh, yeah, he was a pescatarian. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> oh no. I'm 
so hungry. Okay. <laughs> So she uh, always gets so hungry at the end of Kenyon's repeatedly uh, rejected his advances, but he couldn't take a hint and continued his unwanted overtures. Sound fucking familiar? Rapist. Rapist. <laughs> um, Rapist. Monique was initially nervous being hit on by the casino's owner, as you yeah. know, she's trying to commit her fucking scam. Um, Mm -hmm. But she soon grew bolder because he didn't seem to be wise to anything, and she even began activating the transmitter while he was attempting to flirt with her. (laughs) Go, girl. (laughs) The equivalent of opening up Instagram when that dude's trying to talk to you at the bar. Like, I'm Mm -hmm. not participating in this. (laughs) I need to inspect my cigarette box for a second. (laughs) Um... Eventually, though, so over a few weeks, the casino owner grew spiteful over the rejection and suspicious of Monique because if she didn't want him, then obviously she was up to something. Something was wrong. Something Although she was up to something. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. I'm not letting it go. (laughs) Um, And it began to dawn on him that she always stood near the table where the big wins would happen. Well, if she just would have gone out with him, then maybe none of this would have happened. Don't put he your probably pussy never on would a have pedestal. It out. My least oh my favorite phrase. Ugh, I, I have never heard that. That is just Pussy on a pedestal? Yeah. It means a girl who won't put out. Oh, my, oh God. my God. Can we just retire pussy? I'm over it. Mm-hmm. I just, I'm so over it. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's boring. It's Passe. Find a new term, bro, dude bros. I don't like it at all. It's okay. so not fetch. I'm really <laughs> down with cunt. I like cunt a lot. I'm and super I use down it daily. with clam and clam jam. I'm down yeah, with clam bake. Cunt. Cunt. Conti. Yeah. Conti rice. <laughs> no. Contaliza rice. That's my vagina's new name. Contaliza rice. <laughs> <laughs> She's a powerful She's woman. She's good at foreign diplomacy. <laughs> and she, yeah, she tolerates too much bush. But um, <laughs> there it is. There it is. That's it. I don't need to finish my case. We've done our work here. Our work here is done. <laughs> Oh my god. Okay, real quick, real quick. So he's pissed. He starts to investigate. Um, He brings the crew in to investigate whether radio transmission signals could be playing a role. Mm. Um, And sure enough, they detected interference. Um, He then he then asks Monique for a cigarette. No. (gasps) Oh. She always had a pack with her and out on the bar, but rarely smoked. Oh, God. And when she... 
And when she couldn't produce a cigarette, he confiscated the pack. He was the owner, after all. And uh, quickly discovered the transmitter, and the jig was up. Um, Immediately, her husband and brother were also arrested. But somehow, and I don't know why, but somehow none of them served time for the fraud. Uh, They were, however, forced to return their winnings, which they hadn't even had time to really spend. Because they were were just so busy winning. (laughs) They were saving it. The irony. Yeah. I love it. Um, So Monique Fishface Laurent became a bit of a sensation in France. She was dubbed uh, La Belle Voleuse, which uh, means the beautiful thief um, by French papers. Le Samon. Voleuse. Tuna. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. And um, there was an 80s movie based loosely off the story uh, and, and her as a character. She reportedly now lives in Las Vegas, yes. but there's no evidence to suggest that she's defrauding any more Oh my casinos. god. I bet I sat next to her at a slot machine mm-hmm. at some point. I'm just mm-hmm. telling myself that I did well, because that would be amazing. Now she's old enough that she could be in a rascal scooter. Oh my, oh my god. god. Why didn't we you do this weeks your ago? Golden opportunity. I would have literally inspected every woman's face. <laughs> See if her mouth have was Have you a seen gate. this fish? <laughs> Have you seen her? There is an aquarium at the MGM. No, there is, and it's enough. amazing. There's too many fucking dolphins in it, though. There's so many swimming pools in Las Vegas. Just saying. I know it's amazing. <laughs> wow, well, right. wow, that was that incredible. Is my case. Thank you. Thank you. <coughs> oh, excuse me. What you got, Amanda? Well, prepare to be disappointed. <laughs> Because I always am. That story was way better than what I have. But what else is new? All right. So you're still everybody's favorite. It's I, fine. I make up for my lack of uh, attention to detail with my humor and weird voice. Just gloss <laughs> right over. So think Ocean's Eleven, but instead of Clooney, Pitt, Roberts, and Cheadle, it's like two Cuban dudes and two Mexican dudes, and they hit five casinos over the course of two years. Oh, mm-hmm. they spread it out. They're smart. Eh, five casinos in two years is pretty rapid, but either way. Bold, yeah. And they're obviously not that smart because they're clearly caught because mm-hmm. you know their nationalities. Well... They're clearly caught for a lot of reasons, but uh, <laughs> ringleader Jose Vigoa was the mastermind behind this crime spree in Las Vegas that began in 1998 with the robbery of the MGM Grand Casino. So he and three accomplices armed with guns went for the armored cars that transport cash back and forth from the casinos to the banks several times per day. Um, this was kind of another fun thing about being in the casino all the time is that you see, like, the guards, like the guys that work in the casino that are bringing these just cages, locked cages full yeah. of cash 
They bring them through the casino floor because the banker is like right in the center. It was wild. And they're like yelling at everyone to get out of the way and then like making jokes with you if you're, you know, cute enough, but whatever. Um, (laughs) But if you're cute, if you're like as gorgeous as I am, then they want to talk to you. (laughs) And Dan's drunk somewhere with a fucking straw hat on and not paying any attention. Um, You mean Jambalaya? Jambalaya. I'm Jambalaya. It's a dinosaur. I'm Mrs. Dr. Belia. Uh, if a if a if a woman put on the hat, she was Jane Belia. Oh, Jane Belia. John and Jane Belia. Uh, okay, Gross. we'll keep going because that's stupid. Um, <laughs> so they were successful the first time around uh, with getting money from this armored car, leaving the MGM Grand. Um, so the spree continued, hitting the Desert Inn, Mandalay Bay, New York, New York, and the Bellagio. Between that first heist in 1998 mm. and the final heist of the Bellagio in 2000. Okay? Mm. So upwards of $200,000 was stolen from each location. So, like, that's mm-hmm. a little, that's around, like, a million dollars over the course of two years, which is a lot of fucking money. Yeah. Um, it's certainly not a million dollars in a week using a cigarette lighter or cigarette pack transmitter, <laughs> but it's still pretty good. Um... They were unsuspecting. They were French and lazy and distracted. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, quote, we recovered evidence linking them to several of the robberies, including coins from several of the casinos, said Lieutenant Alam Shaw of Metro's robbery unit. We, rec- we recovered clothing worn in the Bellagio robbery, body armor, handguns, long guns, and a large amount of currency. We've been looking at these individuals for a while. So they couldn't really, like perfectly detect who these people were, but they had an idea of who these people were and a lot of little pieces of evidence. Um, Just a handful of months prior to the armored car heist at the Bellagio, so the final heist, that revealed incriminating camera footage of this crack team, two armored car drivers were unfortunately killed in a robbery outside of a local shopping center. At the time, police did suspect this to be the work of Vigoa and his crew, but they didn't have substantial enough evidence to connect this robbery to the other casino robberies. But regardless of Vigoa's potential connection to that crime, they were able to take him in thanks to the incredibly clear surveillance video captured at the Bellagio for that crime. Oh, oh my Vigoa God. Vigoa was an idiot and thought that sunglasses and a baseball <laughs> cap would be plenty enough to hide his face. <laughs> and again, this is two, this is 2000, so it's like technology that I think right now we consider fairly rudimentary. But at the time, this was definitely the like beginnings of the upward, or like the increase in technology in terms of surveillance. Mm-hmm. It's still pre, yeah, totally. it's like still pre 9/11, but the the technology exists, and certainly casinos are using it. And Bellagio is one of the most like expensive casinos on the strip so they're gonna have the best fucking tech mm-hmm. um and weren't weren't casinos like basically at the forefront oh yeah. of i mean like facial the casinos basically and the government yeah. at yeah the forefront of facial recognition yeah and just they like have the, the most birthplace of surveillance mm-hmm. like that's yeah. it like if you want top-notch surveillance you're consulting with like a high stakes casino owner like period mm-hmm. yeah um, so, this dummy, 
did not conceal himself well, and he was pointed out on tape by several witnesses and experts, including his federal probation officer, because he had committed some crimes previously, and... Oh, great. Excuse me, sorry. (laughs) Um, And, you know, he has a record for, like, petty theft and random shit, so his probation officer literally, quote, he said, yeah, that's him. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> the Bellagio tape was so good when we saw it we thought that's gotta be him so they knew right away that it was him but bringing him in mm-hmm. had to be laced with its own element of drama because this is Las Vegas crime spree and he's not just gonna go down so police spotted Vigoa at Windmill Lane and Pecos Road as he got into a sport utility vehicle with his wife and daughter they followed him and mm-hmm. tried to get him in, like, a routine traffic stop, but Vigoa knew what was going down, and he sped off, leading police onto US-95 southbound in a chase that reached speeds of 100 <laughs> miles per hour before exiting near the Galleria Mall in Henderson. Wow. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, white she pulled an OJ. Yeah. No, it was, it was not a Ford Bronco. Uh... Here's where things got fun. Vigoa drove the wrong way on surface streets trying to avoid capture before hitting a tree near Sunset Road and Mountain Vista. He then ran from the vehicle, leaving his wife and child behind. They were okay, thank God. Yeah, oh, he's putting his family completely in danger. He plowed into a tree at God knows what speed. Thank God they all lived. Um, And police, you know, caught him on foot. Within, you know, several hundred feet. Uh, Quote, we didn't think he would act that way with his wife and child in the car. We wanted to apprehend this guy. We felt he was armed and dangerous and didn't want him to get away. So as police were chasing Vigoa, other officers were in the 6500 block of Cordell Drive. I just love talking about all these places in Vegas. Um, (laughs) Near Nellis, Nellis Air Force Base. I'm not sure how to pronounce that. Good um, enough. And they were arresting his <laughs> yeah. accomplice. No 20, Old Nelly. Old Nelly. That's what I always call it. <laughs> Nelly Air Force Base. And they were arresting Back his accomplice, 23-year-old Oscar Cisneros. Cisneros. <clears throat> C- Cicero. Cisneros. So the two men were booked into the county jail on robbery, robbery with a deadly weapon, and kidnapping charges because Vigo's fucking kid was in his car. They were also charged with attempted murder in connection with the Bellagio and Desert Inn robberies, but I'm not sure how or if those charges stuck since there weren't actual shots fired in those robberies, but I assume... Mm. Excuse me, I just burped. Um, oh, God, I burped again. Stuff's coming up. <laughs> Don't Here we go. throw up. No, well. Oh, swallow oh, it again. Swallow it. It's down. It's down. <coughs> oh, that was close. But I assume the state always, I mean, it always tries to tack on as many charges as possible, especially in scenarios like this one where they just want to fucking oh, yeah. put these motherfuckers away as long as possible. It's like vengeance. Yeah. Like, don't fuck with us. Exactly. So mm-hmm. police also have apprehended Vigoa's other two cronies, 37-year-old Pedro Duarte and 37-year-old Luis Suarez. The four criminals. Mm-hmm. Which one of them was the gymnast that broke into the vault? None of them. Okay, that was my question. When do the two small statured <laughs> acrobats come in? I don't have any acrobats. <laughs> I'm so sorry. I'm I'm over it then. I'm over it. I've been waiting for. I this. don't have any acrobats. <laughs> well, then you're a cuntalisa right, right now. Ah. 
I'll just go. Bushtastic Condoleezza Ray. Fortunately for you, I'm finishing out my story here pretty quick, so you don't have to put up with much more from me. (laughs) So all four of them are arrested. The four criminals (laughs) begin serving their respective sentences in the Clark County Detention Center while investigations continue into the killing of the armored guards a few months before. Police hit a snag in October of 2000 when Oscar Cisneros committed suicide in his cell, which is tragic, Ugh. but I also can't help but wonder, like, he he was clearly... Uh, I feel like he had to have been affiliated with the murder of those two people because it seems like he was consumed with guilt, like, over his involvement in that fatal shooting cause, and obviously didn't want to be in jail. I don't know. It well, just it's I think like, it would be much more unlikely to kill yourself if you were innocent of the charges that right. landed you in jail in the first place. That's what I'm saying. Like, wouldn't you want to fight for your freedom yeah. if you didn't know you were basically looking down the barrel of a life sentence for murder? Murder. Yeah. So I yep. mean, like, that's that sucks because well, now they can't now this person can't appear in court, but it also seems a little bit telling. Yeah. I don't know. I can see it. I mean, I can I can definitely see it as being suspicious mm-hmm. and as a sign of, of guilt. But at the same time, like, suicide never makes sense. No, ever. Of course no. not. Yeah. Of course not. Yeah. Um, but obviously police and uh, the state was not going to stop looking for a way to convict Vigoa and the remainder of his cronies for these crimes. And finally, the police get a break in the case when an eyewitness finally comes forward and is willing to testify. So, Metro Detective Gordon Martins said he immediately suspected that Vigoa and Duarte were responsible for the Ross robbery slayings because of a series of similarities between them and the Desert Inn robbery and the MGM robbery and the New York, New York robbery and the Bellagio robbery. It all had the same, like, M.O., In each robbery, two men in dark clothes were armed with assault rifles and got into a shootout with armored truck guards and then made a getaway in a stolen vehicle with stolen plates with their contraband, their money. And up until until witnesses stepped forward, a lot of the evidence was still considered uh, circumstantial. Um, And here's a list of some of the evidence that they had, but that still wasn't enough without eyewitness testimony to make a conviction, which is just... Another crazy thing about the legal system in the U.S. Like, I understand why this exists, because we don't want to put innocent people in jail. But I felt like there were so many things pointing to these people, and it took, like, eyewitness testimony plus... Obviously, Vigoa was already arrested for what happened at the Bellagio, but that was for that one isolated incident. He Mm -hmm. had knocked off five casinos, but they could only arrest him for the one where they got him on camera, even though they had DNA tests linked Suarez, Vigoa, and Cisneros to ski masks found in a search of Cisneros' home, and linked Duarte, Vigoa, and Cisneros to water bottles found in the Desert Inn robbery. Blood found at the Henderson murder scene, so the place outside of um, where they killed the two armored guards outside of that shopping center. Um, It matched Cisneros, who admitted he was shot in the leg during the robbery. An FBI agent and a federal probation officer that identified Vigo as the man seen on tape. Um, Witnesses to those robberies um, also matched those descriptions, so, like, that, that spot in the casino. 
Detectives noting a pattern of spending on high-priced items among the suspects after each robbery, despite their low incomes and as well as large amounts of cash found on Vigoa and Cisneros when they were arrested. A revolver... I'm always curious what they bought, because it's always a fucking jet yeah, ski. Yeah, or something stupid. <laughs> even if they uh, never... Uh, even if they uh, don't live anywhere fucking near you water... You live in Vegas. What are you going to do? Put it in a fucking jet ski. What are you doing? Lake always. Havasu. Yeah, that's All true. Right, well, I mean, jet skis are really fun. They're It'd so be top fun. of my list, too. I love them. But, like... That just Seriously. reminds me of the eastbound and down dude, <laughs> Danny. Yes. What's his name? His yes. le- leopard print jet ski. It's like on a lake somewhere. Oh God. Absolutely. Um, they also had a, revol- a revolver that was stolen from a Mandalay Bay guard and used in that uh, that murder robbery, and it was found in Cisneros' home. So they like had all of this shit. But it still wasn't quite enough somehow until, like, all these eyewitnesses came forward to, like, corroborate all this crazy shit. Which I think is insane. That's crazy to me. I understand why this particular case might hinge on eyewitness testimony, but I also feel like eyewitness testimony is so so unreliable in general that that kind of sucks that that's what this was relying on. It was the year 2000. Who fucking knows? Um, That was was decades ago. In the year 2000. <laughs> so, Ancient history. Knowing that he was fucked, Vigoa pled guilty and took a plea bargain just days before he was set to go on trial for the shooting. He received four no-parole life sentences, plus an additional what? 306 to 760 years in prison. What? Yep. Well, I guess he did kill uh, people. Yep. He didn't just steal well, money. That again, seems crazy, this though. This is Vegas. Justice Butterfield don't want these kinds of don't fuck predators around. back <laughs> on the street. Butterfield don't fuck around. So, it's no just Justice Butterfield, but I do love this <laughs> district judge's <laughs> name. Her name is District Judge Kathy Hardcastle. Kathy <laughs> Hardcastle. Oh, oh, Hard and she is hard. Hard. She's a hard ass. She sends Vigoa <laughs> on 46 criminal counts as a result of a plea agreement that he entered into to avoid the possibility of the death penalty, which was on the table. 46. Mm. 46 well, that's counts. that's why he had 900 years of a prison sentence mm-hmm. without parole. He received, again, four no-parole life terms for the murders of the armored truck guards. He then received maximum prison sentences for a range of charges pertaining to the robberies with Hardcastle. Stacking the sentences as called for in the plea agreement. In designing this plea agreement, prosecutors wanted to ensure that Vigoa would never leave prison, even if his convictions in the slayings were to be overturned upon repeal. So that's why this was, like, so intense, because Vegas was like, this motherfucker cannot be back on the streets. Yeah. And my final thought and fun fact that will really only appeal to Kenyon. Oh. Though Vigoa was raised in Cuba... In his 20s, he became a Soviet-trained commando who fought in Afghanistan. <gasps> oh. There's got to be a little oh. element of Russia in everything we do because I, Trump yes. is president. Because I love it. Paul Manafort. And his son, Igor. Yeah. There was <laughs> and also wife, Natalia. Natalia. <laughs> There was also talk of a movie being made about this case, but the last tabloid buzz I saw about that was printed in, like, 2012, so I think that ship has sailed. (laughs) (laughs) That's my story. 
Love it. Good. I like it. Whatever. I like, Don't I'm actually placate really s- me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm surprised that the casinos even went through the like normal legal channels. They didn't just like off him yeah, quietly. Yeah, but I don't think that like famous <laughs> casinos like in Las Vegas that are under <laughs> so much of the public eye are going to do that. And again, they're paying the salaries basically of the I, hands down the best fucking police force in the country. Like Vegas cops are unbelievably yeah. awesome. Oh yeah. Um. So and like Lucy was saying in her segment, the cops are backing the casinos in a lot of situations. Yeah. So and they I have also, no need. I also think that a lot of times the mafia and the government like police mm. departments are not that different from each other. Like they're no. kind of in bed with each other completely at this mm. point in Las Vegas. I love Probably. it. Probably. The the like cops and like the corrupt taxi unions mm-hmm. were like super in bed with each other in Hoboken. Yeah. yeah. They were like <laughs> like intimidating and like beating up and killing Uber drivers. And very it's fine Hoboken. Line. Yeah. And if you watch <laughs> The Deuce on HBO, I mean, it's pretty As apparent. We all do. Boo. <laughs> you should. Maggie Gyllenhaal's droopy boobs love, 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 love. Oh, I do love her I droopy do. boobs. I love that droopy bitch so much. <laughs> <laughs> She's so amazing. Okay. Special so thanks to Maggie Gyllenhaal's droopy boobs. <laughs> to Condoleezza Rice. <laughs> and We've covered a lot of Tabitha. ground. And to Tabitha. And Tabitha. Special, Special thanks, thanks to Tabitha. Tabitha. <laughs> Somebody want to take the next one? Not yes. Me. Jen Lapierre. Ooh. Lapierre. Ooh. There we go. Jenny, French Jenny Turi. Oh, Turi. Jimmy Turi. Shauna Ennis. Yeah. She's got to be Irish. Melissa <laughs> Swigert. Amber Sayuni. 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 The wine glass. To support us on Patreon. For donating at $10 <laughs> <laughs> Is it my turn? Yeah, yep, always. If you have to ask, it's your turn. <laughs> Danielle Kessler. Yeah. Keebler Elves. <laughs> Caitlin Thies. 25 yes. bucks a month, you Quinn. Thank you so much. <laughs> Same with Stephanie Country Cracker. Oh. Another $25 Can't donation. Believe it's not margarine. God bless. Thank you. Um, Maggie Walsh and her daughter Leah, um, who was uh, actually uh, the wine and crime fan first, and then she got her mom to listen. Cute. So not all heroes wear capes. <laughs> Thank Love you it. so much, God Leah. You're bless. a hero. Yep. Katie Van Katie Van Ornum gave us a very mm-hmm. generous once-off donation. So just a reminder that uh, you can do that. You can purchase a donation on our website. Our online yep. store. If you don't want to commit to a monthly thing, which I don't know if I would. We get if, it. I get it. We all have yeah. some commitment issues in some ways. We're not all Katie Luce. Barkers here. No. <laughs> Lucy's check for Amanda's lube almost bounced. Yeah. Okay. So we get it. 
<laughs> yeah. We super get I it. I can barely commit to writing a single check, let alone subscribing to a monthly donation. <laughs> Your Patreon support is still paying off my lube from when I was 16. <laughs> so. It's real dry. It's real a sad dry. day for Conti Rice. <laughs> Lastly, but not leastly. (laughs) Amanda? Is it Amanda? Oh, oh my God. (laughs) Lori Riley, are you fucking kidding me with that $100 once-off donation? God damn. Applause for Lori. Thank you so much. Thank you, Lori. Thank you, everyone. We're always so blown away by how generous our fans are, and as we have more exciting things coming down the pipeline, please continue to be generous to us. Yeah. It'll all be worth it in the end. One of which exciting thing we just found out about moments ago. Nope. We're not allowed to say it yet, but exciting nope. shit's happening. It's keep your it's ears happening. open. Keep your Yay. ears open. All right. We love we you. We love you all. Love you. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to Wine and Crime. Our cover art is by Kala Yip. Music by Phil Young and Corey Wendell. Check out our website and blog at wineandcrimepodcast.com. You can also follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at wineandcrimepod. If you have wine recommendations or creepy true crime stories to share, email us at wineandcrimepodcast at gmail.com. Episodes are available on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Play, basically wherever you get your podcasts. More importantly, if you like the show, please rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts. It really is the best way to spread the word. We are a totally independent show, so if you'd like to support us and get a shout-out on air, visit our Patreon page to keep this podcast and the wine flowing. Cheers! We are Sipping Sisters Pod. This is Jackie, the big sis. This is Janelle, the middle sis. This is Rachel, the baby sis. We are three sisters who sip while we talk shit. About the sometimes silly, sometimes sexist, sometimes sexy, things that impact us on our TVs, phones, and the big screen. Sip with us on Twitter at 3 Sipping Sisters. And subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher, or anywhere you listen to your podcasts. Tell your sisters, tell your friends. Cheers. Cheers!